sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. And in terms of the Los Angeles Dodgers, he is not going to be on their 30-man roster. Uh, neither will Marcus Stroman. He's going to be placed on the injured list. The Mets are going to be really shorthanded as far as starting pitching to start the season. There is no doubt about that. And, uh, Joe, we got a new uh, name in the NHL, the Seattle Kraken. That's uh, an interesting name. As Hockey will be back pretty soon. And when they do come back and they expand, got to look out for the Kraken. That's right. Let me tell you something. The new logo, sexy. I like it. It's like the profile of the Kraken. It's got a tentacle. It's got the whole thing. It's got the creepy eye going. I like it. It's an S for Seattle. Everything looks really good there. Unfortunately, things not looking so good for the Mets, though, Craig, because uh, I'll tell you what, no Syndergaard, no Stroman, uh, no Likey. I'm thinking the under looks better and better every day. Unfortunately, I think the NL East went from being the division that I thought was going to be, be a juggernaut. And you look at the Phillies bullpen, you look at the Mets rotation, and slowly but surely, starting to kind of feel like a two-horse race. And I keep telling everybody, I feel like the Nationals are primed to make another run and maybe go back to the World Series again. Those three starters at the top of that rotation in this 60-game tournament, basically, to get to the World Series, I kind of like the Nats' chances. Well, Washington's going to be right there. I, I'm not ruling out Philadelphia, but certainly this is a big hit for the Mets to have essentially two of they had such a deep starting rotation as it appeared going into spring training and then they lose their number two and number three starter and DeGrom has been a little bit iffy for opening day there's always some injuries with the Mets always very bizarre like Cespedes chasing a pig in a hole somewhere like I mean this is the only team no, no, that no. this happened a wild boar a wild boar wild we boar. must be Sorry. accurate Wild boar there. Also, there's news on the Washington football team, Joe. They are changing their logo for 2020. They haven't announced officially what their team name would be, but they are going to change the helmet, and instead of the old Redskins logo, it is now going to have the number of the player. Yeah. Oh, look, that's kind of old school football. I got no problem with that. From a from a practicality standpoint, uh, to rebrand at this point in where we are in the NFL calendar would be very difficult to do. Had they done this 10 years ago, it would have been a lot easier. The end does in January would have been easier. But right now, I think taking everything away is a lot easier than replacing the logo right now. Just because you got to think every stadium uh, issue thing that's got it on there, every bit that, uh, of paraphernalia in the offices, every single jersey, every single helmet, every single piece of bag that the equipment managers carry, they all have the logo. So just take all the logos off. Think about it in the offseason, rebrand it. But for now, it's the Washington Washingtons. Oh, you guys down Washington in DC are going to report. Yeah. Washington football team. Maybe we'll, maybe Sports Grid will sponsor an NFL team this year. There Why we not? go. Washington. There we go. Maybe the Washington Mishes. Why not? Let's make it the Washington Mishes. Have a picture We're of Craig, Craig Mishes disdain for me on there like this. <sighs> That's perfect. That's a perfect logo, I think, for the Washington football team. All right. It could, it could there it is. Well be. There it is. He just did it. <laughs> Could be. People think I'm frozen if I do that for too long. I I can't do that here. Uh, All right, so uh, tonight it's the Yankees and Washington Nationals. They'll play this game in D.C. The Yankees got on a train yesterday and made their way to Washington, and Aaron Boone is, of course, the manager of the New York Yankees and definitely is excited for the season but also said uh, it was you know kind of like not all that abnormal. 
a lot like when we norm when we when we take a train. You know, we we got on buses at Yankee Stadium um, and went to went to Penn Station and and uh, got on the bus like or on the train like we always do, and um, it went pretty smooth. Um, you know, obviously there's you know the different in the sense that you know we're wearing masks and and the food's not laid out typically like it normally is on our charters or whatever but um all in all it, it felt very much like a normal trip yeah joe you know the one thing that i always do as soon as this, my show is over i like my food all laid out you know like right in front of me there so i have <laughs> my, my choice of, of what to eat you know that's and and when it's not it just it feels a little weird the only reason Craig even does the show is because there's a spread. There's a craft service area, and he's like, look, uh, my part of my contract is I got the spread laid out, and if there's no spread, there's no show. That's what Mish says. No spread, no show. Actually, we have that as a hashtag, I'm sure, at some point during the program. But, yeah, l- let me tell you. Welcome back, everybody uh, who's listening on uh, Sports Grid Radio here to us on Fantasy Sports today. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Aaron Boone is saying, yeah, it's, it's normal travel. It's a different travel. We're back on the train. I, myself. And more of a train guy than a bus guy. How about you, Craig? Do you have a preference between those two modes of travel? The train feels, look, I don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to go. It's gonna, I'm going to get there on time. The bus, you got traffic, got all these other nonsense issues that could happen. I don't like the bus. Give me the train every day. The train is the subway. That's what we're referring to? Well, no, I mean, the train's more like Amtrak is here we're talking about, or even like a New Jersey transit train when you're going into the city. You can take the bus into the city from New Jersey. You can take the train. I am a train guy. I've done both. The bus is a disaster. It's a nightmare. Give me the train any day of the week. Okay. Well, uh, listen, I'm a car guy because I live in Florida, but I certainly have enjoyed uh, traveling to New York and taking the train. So there's no doubt about that. In fact, Joe, I fly into New Jersey quite a bit. I fly, in, I fly into Newark a lot when I go to New York. I actually like yeah. doing that more than I like flying into the city. All right, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Coming up next, we got a huge NASCAR race tonight. Matt Sells will join us to preview it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Not only is Major League Baseball kicking off tonight, but of course NASCAR continues with a sort of midweek race. And to preview that, we bring in Matt Sells at the Sellsman on Twitter. You can follow him and also follow all his work at Fantasy Alarm and FantasyAlarm.com. He's with us to preview the Superstar Batteries 400. Also, we'll get his thoughts on the DFS action on FanDuel for the weekend, as well as some odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook on the NASCAR Cup. Matt, thanks for coming on the show once again. Great to see you. Sure thing. It's always uh, fun to have some midweek points racing because, I mean, last week we had the All-Star race. That didn't really count. It was just an exhibition for a million dollars. This week, this race counts for playoffs and points and owner standings. Okay, so so let's get started here. Uh, the race is tonight. It's the Superstar Batteries 400. Let's quickly look at the odds to win this race tonight over on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and then we'll talk some DFS. You see Kevin Harvick, shocker, once again the favorite, plus 420. Chase Elliott is plus 650. 
Martin Truex Jr. at seven to one. We got Kyle Busch eight and a half to one. And then we have both Denny Hamlin and Ryan Blaney are nine to one. We'll stop there. Any uh, chalk on this one, Matt? Or is there a long shot like, uh, for example, uh, Clint Boyer's 55 to one, Austin Dillon 75 to one? I mean, those guys just have not won. It's, it's really hard to go so far outside the box when uh, when none of these racers or none of these drivers are winning. It's been a lot of chalk since the restart for NASCAR. Uh, for the most part, Austin Dillon did come away with a win uh, f- uh, Sunday at Texas. Uh, he was going off at plus 12,500. So if you okay, bet that pretty- one, you got... Yeah, 125 to 1, pretty good odds, which is yeah. why he's now down to 75 to 1. Because, right. you know, he's on a hot streak. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's hard to go away from the, the chalk. They've won so much. That's why they're called the chalk. That's why everybody plays them at DFS. That's why they're, you know, Kevin Harvick remains the betting favorite every single week. He's also on the pole uh, for tonight's race. So. Uh, you know, the pole position has been pretty fruitful here in terms of winners. I believe six uh, winners have come from the pole. Uh, the last one happened just a couple of uh, races ago, actually. So uh, that's intriguing. He's been pretty good, uh, you know, basically no matter what track they're at. Brad Kozlowski won the uh, May race at this track last year, uh, which is what this, uh, which is what uh, tonight's race is taking the place of. Um, so if you want to go based on who won it last year, Brad Kozlowski won it last year. Uh, Denny Hamlin won the fall race here last year in the playoffs. Um, so we got kind of got a smattering here. Um, if you want my favorite long shot out of the week, though, it would be Clint Boyer okay. uh, at 55 to 1. This is his home track. He grew up in Emporia, Kansas, which is only a couple of hours uh, southwest of Kansas City, which is where Kansas Speedway is located. He just came out this week and talked about how he wants to improve where he is at Stuart Haas. He doesn't want to retire at the end of the year. He wants to come back to Stuart Haas. He is a free agent. So a win would do a whole lot to uh, placate his sponsors and potentially jumpstart a contract extension so um 55 to 1 for clint boyer is pretty pretty interesting he's he's done pretty well here too at his home track yeah that's uh that's pretty tasty where is the race tonight exactly uh it's kansas speedway so it's uh just outside of kansas city it's on the kansas side of uh you know hence the reason it's called kansas speedway um it's actually right next door to the mls stadium in kansas city um, so it's a pretty fun track. It's mile and a half track, uh, and it's got a lot of different racing grooves to it. So we should see a lot of two, three wide racing, uh, throughout tonight's race, some fun and excitement. And also it's a track that does, um, it gets slicker with hotter temps and, you know, racing in July versus racing in August, the temps in Kansas city are about 25 degrees warmer than they would be, uh, in May. So, you know, that leads to a slicker racetrack, a lot more guys sliding around, some crazier moves being pulled off. Okay, and uh, we'll get into DFS here in a minute over on the FanDuel uh, DFS site. Let's take a look real quick at the odds to win the NASCAR Cup Championship for 2020. Uh, Matt and I haven't done this in a few weeks, so let's check back in. Harvick right now is even more of a favorite than he was a few weeks ago. He was about 3 or 4 to 1. Now it's under 3. He's plus 280. Danny Hamlin is 5 to 1. Chase Elliott is 6 to 1. Uh, Martin Truex Jr., six and a half to one. Kyle Busch, seven and a half to one. I'll stop there. I don't think anybody realistically after that has a shot to win, although Keselowski and Logano are just on that outside. 
Uh, look, there's still some value here, Matt. A hundred dollars to win two eighty on Harvick. Is there any chance Hamlin or Chase Elliott catch him? Um, I mean, there are because the way that it's formulated, it comes down to one race at the end of the year, which will be at uh, Phoenix Raceway in November. And whichever one. So if you're not familiar with the playoffs in NASCAR, they start with 16 playoff uh, drivers. It'll be the first race in September that starts the the playoffs Mm -hmm. after three races. Four of those guys get kicked out. So if you win, you advance to the next round. After that, it comes down to the top 12, you know, the next highest guys in points and so it keeps whittling down so there's a 10 race uh playoff and so by the time they get to the final race there's only four drivers left right the guy that finishes the highest of those four wins it he doesn't have to win the race to win the championship he just has to beat the other three so uh, that being said the last eight or nine years it has taken winning the championship race uh at Homestead to actually win the championship. So right now it's hard not to go with Kevin Harvick. Those are still pretty decent returns. You're getting better than you're still getting almost three to one on your investments. So hard not to go with uh, Kevin Harvick, but I will say that Chase Elliott is sneaking up there for me. Uh, He's starting to get uh, back to his uh, mojo. He had earlier this year, million dollar check of the all-star race doesn't hurt. Um, you know, there's a couple of races he probably should have won already, so he should be up there with Harvick in terms of win total. So uh, we would go. I would go with Harvick or Chase Elliott right now. Okay, fair enough. Let's uh, check out FanDuel's DFS site right now for the race tonight. For those of you who are going to be playing over on FanDuel, uh, you know, here is some of the pricing. Matt will help you set a lineup real quick. We got Harvick at fourteen thousand, Elliott thirteen thousand four hundred, Denny Hamlin thirteen thousand, Martin Truex Jr. twelve thousand seven hundred. Uh, Bush is 12,000 and then not pictured other uh, racers. We got Keselowski 11,600, Logano 11,400, Blaney at 11,000. And then uh, Eric Amarola has really uh, moved up here. And in fact, in the top 10 in terms of odds and moved into the top 10 in terms of DFS as well. So I don't know if he's an option for you this week, Matt, but that's a, a hot name. I know he's got a bunch of top five finishes, too. Yeah, he's got uh, like six of the last seven races. He's finished in the top five. Um you know he's he's been pretty he's been pretty good. He led uh, quite a bit of uh, laps there at Kentucky uh, a couple of weeks ago. So uh, Kevin Horvick as the pole sitter has to be in consideration. He was really really good here in the spring race last year. Led a bunch of laps and his car just faded uh, late. So I would say Kevin Horvick would be the top flight guy uh, for me right there. I would also get uh, the price discount on Martin Truex Jr. Um, and in terms of kind of a more contrarian play, I don't know that that many people are going to be on Ryan Blaney this week. His track history here hasn't been the best. He's got an average finish that's over 20 in the last four races here, but this year at mile and a half tracks, his average, uh, finish is better than 5.0. So, and he was the dominant car basically all day at Texas. He got trapped in the back late because of a caution. Um, but he led more than 100 laps at Texas. So I would go with with uh, those three guys to build my core lineup around. All right, fair enough. And if you want to learn more about how to build the proper NASCAR lineup, it's really easy. First of all, follow Matt Sells on Twitter at the Salesman, And then head on over to FantasyAlarm.com. And we have fantastic betting content here, of course, on our end here on SportsGrid for NASCAR. Uh, but Matt and his team uh, doing NASCAR over at Fantasy Alarm also do a fantastic job. And certainly they have a lot of wins. And Matt won the 
NASCAR Writer of the Year award last year for the Fantasy Sports Association. So, uh, Matt, good luck uh, tonight. We'll be watching. I know you'll be watching your Nationals too. So we'll see uh, if, if you got and my Yankees. TV. And, and my Yankees. Yankees. And your Yankees. Yeah, yeah you're going to be switching around a lot tonight. So uh, yeah, not I, sure what I'm going to do. We'll, we'll have to see how that works out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm right there with you. I've really enjoyed the return of NASCAR, but certainly baseball being my first love. Uh, happy to have it back tonight. Uh, okay, we got to take a quick time out as we say goodbye to Matt. We say hello to Joe Pizapia. He will join us next for the latest in Major League Baseball as we continue to preview opening day 2020 in this 60-game sprint is what they're calling it. We got it covered for you right here on SportsGrid and SportsGrid.com. I'm Craig Mish. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes for the latest issues surrounding your fantasy baseball team. Some huge surprises in terms of rosters over the last couple of days as well. We've got it all for you coming up right after this short timeout right here on SportsGrid. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Looks like we made it opening day 2020 for Major League Baseball. Whether we see the end of the season, well, that's still yet to be determined. Yankees and Nationals will kick it off if Mother Nature cooperates. Right now, an 80% chance of rain in Washington, D.C. for opening night. We do have San Francisco visiting Los Angeles. Giants versus the Dodgers. Johnny Cueto on the mound for SF. Clayton Kershaw. For LA, currently FanDuel Sportsbook has the Dodgers as a minus 310 money line favorite. According to multiple reports on Wednesday night, Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association were having a 11th hour discussion about expanding the 2020 playoffs from 10 teams to 16. The Dodgers announced on Wednesday that they and Mookie Betts had agreed to a contract extension. Terms were not announced, according to Jeff Passan over at ESPN. It's a 12-year, $365 million extension that will keep the former American League MVP from reaching free agency this winter. Combined with the one-year, $27 million contract he's currently playing out, Betts' total comes to 13 years, $392 million. The deal tops the previous extension record of $360 million signed by Mike Trout and includes a record $65 million signing bonus. NBA exhibition games hit our live streams and televisions for the first time since the spring on Wednesday, and we saw a phenomenal output from rookie Bulbul of the Denver Nuggets in the exhibition game. He had 16 points, 10 boards, two three-pointers, one assist, and six blocks over 32 minutes. Pacers forward Demonis Sabonis said he hasn't touched the basketball in six days. He does not currently have a timetable for his return. He's dealing with plantar fasciitis. In the NHL, Seattle's NHL franchise should be releasing their team name at some point this morning. A teaser trailer released Wednesday night did prime hockey fans for a big announcement coming today. And in a not-so-surprising story out of the National Football League or potentially someday again out of the National Football League. Antonio Brown indicated that he would like to play in the NFL again. This was two days ago that he announced his retirement for a third time over the past year. I'm Dan Straffer and this has been your SportsGrid News Update. 
very much, Dan. Appreciate it as we get back to some baseball discussion. And, uh, Joe, it's, it's really fascinating, all of the different dynamics that have gone into 2020. And it has made a very difficult projection for fantasy in a big way. And we're sort of trying to, I think, kind of figure our way out through that. I think that's probably the best mm-hmm. way to put it. And in terms of pitchers, we're always trying to get a little bit of an edge. And there are a couple of different stats, I think, in baseball that need a little bit of a better understanding. And that is earned run average and FIP. And for people that don't really understand that, I think it's worth an explanation and see that there are some pretty big variances between FIP and DRA that could help you make a decision on a player, whether it's DFS, season long, or maybe even throwing some money on it. Yeah, absolutely, Craig. And I know this week we also spent some time on Wobo and some of these deeper stats that maybe the casual fan also doesn't know, but I'm sure most of the diehard fantasy people do know this. But regardless, it's always good to take a look at it. And I've cherry-picked a few names here from last year that had some variances that I think are worth discussing. And some are positive, some are negative, uh, and I think we can take them all one at a time. But what Fielder Independent Pitching or FIP basically is telling you is how good a pitcher really was necessarily. You know, sometimes ERA can get helped out with uh, at certain times, but this is talking about a guy on his own and how good he was. Sometimes defenses can actually hurt a pitcher in terms of, you know, uh, what kind of base hits get through as opposed to become ground balls and outs on other teams and other defenses. And one or two of these players on this list, too, also are in different homes with different scenarios, which could affect their fielder independent independent pitching as well as their ERA. So we can start with the first one here, which is Zach Wheeler. Now, Zach Wheeler obviously has moved uh, from the uh, Mets over to the Phillies. And if you look at last year, the ERA was almost close to four, but his fielder independent pitching, his FIP, was closer to three four eight, which means that basically he was a better pitcher <laughs> than people realized last year. And some of the Mets defense, which could be spotty at times, certainly hurt him. Now, in my opinion, Craig, he is moving to a better defensive infield when you got guys like Didi Gregorius, got guys like Segura. Kingery's a pretty good glove. He's moving over to third now. All of a sudden, I think this is actually better where you can make the argument that the ERA might be a little bit closer to that FIP number instead of the opposite being true for Zach Wheeler in 2020. Yeah, I think their defense did get better, and I think that even their outfield defense is pretty good, too. Let's not mm-hmm. forget they have the best defensive catcher in baseball in JT yep. Romuto. So uh, I do think that Wheeler's numbers are probably similar uh, this year than what they were last year, and so I can certainly understand the sentiment with that. And uh, we'll just kind of have to see what the change of scenery means specifically with Wheeler. But uh, their schedule, very similar to all the teams in the NL East, is difficult because they have to play one another. And they also have to play the American League East, too, which includes the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays. And the Rays. Don't always forget. Mm-hmm. To, I always forget the Rays, but the Rays are right there, too. You shouldn't forget the Rays. They're, they're pretty good. I can't forget them. <laughs> Those Rays. <laughs> Uh, but look, you're absolutely right there. Great point to not only with Rio Muto, but also the outfield defense. You nailed it. I mean, Harper's a good defender. Healthy McCutcheon's a good defender. I mean, this this team is a better scenario here all the way around for Zach Wheeler. And uh, I, again, if you're looking at a guy who can help your ERA, you look at that 396, and maybe that shied you away in some drafts from Wheeler. But it really shouldn't because the FIP was better than that. And if you're saying, hey, we're going to pick this guy, I'll put him with a better all-around defensive team, which I believe the Phillies are. Yes, the bullpen's a problem, so forget about the win differential making this work. We're just talking about trying to improve those whip and ERA numbers, and I think that's very potentially uh, on the board here in 2020 for Wheeler with that FIP that he posted last year. Another guy last year who got out of the gates really strong was Hyunjin Ryu, who is now on uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. So a lot of people were talking about, okay, well, it was so good, it was unsustainable, and yeah, a 2-3-2 ERA is not something that's going to pop up all the time. However... 
His FIP was 3.10, which means that if I told you Hyunjin Ryu was going to pitch to a 3.10 ERA in 2020, you would take that in run. That's a fantastic scenario. Now, granted, the Blue Jays don't know where they're playing, and uh, oh yeah, it's opening day. But at the same time, Craig, I think we're going to look at this, and I think people are almost dismissing Hyunjin Ryu as this incredibly weird anomaly. And yeah, the second half wasn't as good as the first half, and the first half was so good it was impossible not to come back down to earth to a certain degree. However, I'm looking at Ryu, and I'm thinking this is a value on the board. This is a value in DFS. This is a guy who I don't think is getting enough credit for how good he was in 2019 or how good he was in the second half of 2018 because, frankly, you go back over the you know last 250 innings of Hyunjin Ryu, he is outstanding, and the FIP basically proves it. Yeah, what I want for you is I want the Blue Jays to play in San Diego. Can we get that worked out? If that's the case, <laughs> then I'll be very much in on Hunjin Ryu because he'll be playing at Petco Park. You know, honestly, with guys like this and and even some of, of the other players who we're going to discuss here, if I was redoing a fantasy draft tonight, and I know some people will, and or re, you know, just starting a new fantasy league tonight, I honestly, with starting pitching, and I, and I said this yesterday, I'll say it again today, I would I would probably want all five of my starters or at least four of my starting five. And again, you're going to draft seven or eight in a fantasy league. I want them all my number one, number two starter on a major league baseball team. I mean, the pitchers are falling like flies. The uh, the Cincinnati Reds five minutes ago announced Anthony DiScalfani is now out. He's on the injury list. I, I want healthy guys. Mm-hmm. And I want the number one, number two, maybe the number three starter on a major league baseball team. Otherwise, I want to have nothing to do with it. It's like I'm looking at the probables, and that's who I want to draft based on the first five starts of the season, honestly. I mean, I think that's what I'm down to at this point. Yeah, and look, I took that same knowledge, and last night I actually had a draft uh, fantasy black book every year for baseball. We run a, a charity league for St. Jude's, uh, with, so everybody in it, half the money goes straight to St. Jude's. The other half goes to the winner. Easy peasy, right? And we had a draft last night, and I'll tell you what, I – was right in there with the same thing. Give me these number ones. Give me the people that are healthy right now that I think are going to make more stars because I just see that's how it's going. Uh, another guy, too, to talk about is Mike Fires, who, you know, is at the top of that rotation, basically, uh, for maybe by default, the Oakland A's. But that 3.90 ERA last year is a mirage. We'll look at that FIP. That is an enormous variance, Craig. 4.97. Talk about smoke and mirrors. Talk about bad decision-making here with that weird curl of whatever the hell kind of facial hair fires is talking here. And great job here by the crew pulling that picture of fires. That is absolutely the right photo for this because his fit basically did turn you sideways. And I think this is a very dangerous picture going into this year. If you think you're getting that ERA, oh, it's just under four. It's manageable. He'll get some wins. There's real disaster potential here, not just in the facial hair, but also in the ERA category. Yeah, the other thing that I'll be super curious about, as I'm sure most people will be, uh, are the two or three starts, maybe three, definitely two, that he'll have against Houston. Because Mm. I cannot imagine what the Astros are going to want to do to this pitcher. And and I'm sure that Mike Fires will want to do his work on the Astros too, but I am not touching this guy this year. I, I would be very concerned... That, and not just the Astros, but other teams, too. Remember, around the league, some people said uh, Mike Fires was a hero for outing the Astros, and maybe so, but not all players believe that in baseball. And there's that you know unwritten code and unwritten rules and all of that. I'm sure the Red Sox probably feel that way, too. Lucky he doesn't have to face them. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I, I like Mike Fires, and 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 I do believe that he is a good pitcher. But for this year, I, I just no. I, I am not interested. 
Yeah, it's very convenient that they also uh, banned fighting this year. <laughs> it's kind of convenient that, oh, no, no, nobody should be yeah. laying hands on anybody this year because of the pandemic. <laughs> and, and that's true. But still, uh, let's keep going here. Let's go with another one here who could have a huge variance year over year, and that's Dakota Hudson of the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, last year, you look at the ERA, you go, oh, budding young superstar, 3.25. But you look at the FIP. Whoa, yikes. Yes, it's almost as high as the socks that he's got here in this photo. Dakota Hudson, 4.93 FIP. So basically it's telling you fielder independent pitching. Ooh, not good. Basically, this defense saved a lot of Dakota Hudson's mistakes last year. And can they do it again? Yes. But you basically have to have them do it again in order to get Dakota Hudson under an ERA of four, which I think is unlikely. This is one of those guys that in terms of regression, you can basically circle on your board and say there's very little chance that Hudson with that kind of a FIP is going to repeat that ERA, Craig. Yeah, you, you know what? I'm going to go the opposite here of this. I've heard a lot of that. You've made excellent points on Hudson over the last couple of months. But I, I'm going to think that Hudson uh, uh, gets better. I'm gonna I'm gonna go against this grain here. He is the one guy here that I think that there is more room for him to improve. I understand that the numbers based on the variance here were unsustainable. I'm going to say that they are sustainable, and I think that the Cardinals make Hudson a better pitcher. They have a really good track record with getting their pitchers good. Maybe not a great track record with the offense with some of these young guys, but they really do develop good pitching, and I think that that organization will find a way to make Hudson better. So I will say that he will repeat based off last year. You know what? I'm going to agree with you that he does get better. But even better means an ERA closer to four, and that's just something you have to be. understand. It could be, but I think we're too far off Hudson. I, I think it's a mistake to get that far off. Remember, this guy came in with an incredible pedigree a couple of mm -hmm. years ago into the big leagues. I, I, am, I, I cannot get off him. I'm going to need to see another year. All right, that's fair enough. One more guy that really bounced back last year, but we already talked about on this show. You got a much better version of Clayton Kershaw, but not the dominant one. Clayton Kershaw, and you look at the year, you go, oh, 306 ERA. Clayton Kershaw's back. But the fielder independent pitching was actually closer to four. Uh, 3.86 on the FIP side of things. So I just want to tell everybody, just look, we're living in a new world of Clayton Kershaw where that guy who was, you know, the elite level pitcher in the league is probably not that guy anymore. And yeah, the Dodgers are great. And yes, he's going to get you W's. I'm not saying not to draft Clayton Kershaw. What I'm saying is that 3.86 fielder independent pitching tells you that he is not dominant anymore. And he does need help from the offense and from the defense in order to get you those numbers. It's not a matter of stay away. It's understanding that the degree of the bounce back might not be as severe as you realize. You also look at the K per nine. It's, it's not quite what it used to be. It was better. And whenever you're dealing with a guy who's got chronic back issues, it's always something to take into account. So, again, these are all some FIP and ERA uh, variances that I think, for better or worse, you need to consider when you're talking about the value of players, not just in season long, but also in DFS here as we approach that 2020 season, which, hey, it's today. It is. The baseball season starts tonight. We'll see Clayton Kershaw. And certainly at some point you would think Walker Buehler will take the opening day hill for the uh, for the Los Angeles Dodgers, so we're certainly looking forward to that as well. All right, coming up next, it's time for us to play a little game of fantasy or reality. You love this game by now. It's a little game of true or false. Joe and I will go through the questions and answers. We have that coming up next. Don't forget, we will recap the week in sports tomorrow here on the show at noon and have a full preview of the rest of the games on Friday. Fantasy Sports Today returns in just two minutes. Don't go away. Thank you. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pitch of the 2020 baseball season. Will you catch the game midway? Will you catch uh, the seventh inning? What is your big plan for tonight? We we haven't had this in four months, keep in mind. Yeah, this is true. Uh, I'm going to do my best. And the first pitch is going to be thrown out by Dr. Fauci tonight as well. So uh, we'll see if we can get that and we'll see what kind of arm he's got. Uh, but yeah, I want to see the first pitch. I want to see that. And uh, hopefully weather will work out. But wouldn't it be so 2020? We're all excited for something to happen, only to get torrential downpours and rain. I, I am hoping they get this game in. Major League Baseball really can't afford a whole lot of rainouts with the schedule that they've got. Oh, this is going to be a wacky ride, and there's no better place to to take it. And we're going to take it with you right here on Sports Grid on Fantasy Sports today. Every day, no matter how wacky it gets, we're going to be doing this for you, breaking down all the games. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. How about you? Are you going to be watching back to back both of these? I'm not going to make it to the late game. I can tell you that right now. I'm an old fart. Once it hits 10:30, I'm tired. I have to go to bed. How about you? Are you staying up for all the baseball you can handle tonight? I will definitely uh, see the beginning of the second game tonight. I would say that there's a good shot of that. You know, see the crowd cheer for Mookie Betts. Oh, there's no crowd right now. Okay. <laughs> well, there's a fake crowd, so they're going to cheer, you know. You and see the paper puppets, like, moving back and forth for Mookie Betts? You know what I would love to see? I would love, you know, the fake pumped-in crowd noise, that fake exaggerated moment where everybody is applauding Mookie Betts and he gets that standing ovation yeah. for the first the first moment as a Dodger. I would love if they did that and just really ramped it up, ramped it up, and he had to step out of the batter's box and tip his cap to the fake crowd or the non-existent crowd, as it were. That would be amazing television. I'd love to see that. It's probably not going to happen, but fingers crossed, maybe, just maybe we get it because that'd be tremendous. Yeah, a couple of quick news and notes before we do fantasy reality. We get out of here. Uh, DJ LeMahieu activated off the 10-day injured list. And so uh, it looks like he is available to play tonight, but there's no word as to whether or not he's going to start. Uh, Also, Roberto Osuna uh, is on the opening day roster. That's really good news for those of you who drafted Roberto Osuna. So maybe not at full strength, but could potentially – could potentially be on their team to start the season. And uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has been, uh, let's see, completely shut down from baseball activities uh, due to uh, complications related to COVID. So, Joe, unfortunately, that one does not look like... uh, I'm going to lose the the eight starts over on that one. I I, I hate to admit it, but it's not looking good. Look at you. Look how smug and happy you are when you're right. No, don't bet against COVID. That's that's that's, that's No, well, well, here's the thing. It's difficult because there was that trend where there were positive tests and we were overreacting. And then guys were like, oh, well, they're back two days later. And we're thinking, okay. But clearly there's also that Freddie Freeman side of things or the Eduardo Rodriguez side of things. And I can only imagine this has to do with breath and wind and things of that nature because a lot of people say the aftermath is still having trouble uh, with that. And as a pitcher, you know, there's a lot of stamina needed for to go six innings. So, yeah, it's sad. Uh, I'm still holding out hope for Eduardo Rodriguez. And I know the Red Sox are, too, because, man, this is another rotation that can't afford to lose. You talk about the Mets losing guys left and right. How about the Red Sox? Can we talk about them for a minute and well, why they're still above 500 on FanDuel? Is that not an over yeah. you want to be hitting? I mean, um, an under, excuse me. Oh, an under. Yeah, maybe, maybe an under for sure. Yeah, I, I will say uh, that 
you know what? I, I didn't get my ticket in time for the show. I do believe that I have a bet down for the season. So I'll have to have it tomorrow because I do not have it right now. One whole bet? You mean we've done five shows a week for the last four months covering all these baseball bets and prop bets, and you've got one bet in? Just one? One bet. One bet. That's one bet, Nish. I can't wait to hear what it is. I know you're not going to tell us today. One bet? I like to win. I like to win. I don't like to bet. I like to bet, and I like to win. So I agree with I, that I am, I think I am that very much healthier and and I don't and and if some people are action people. They would take you know two thousand dollars and and make fifteen bets. For me, I make one. You know, I bet what I know, and that's, I can't wait to see what the one bet is. Are you going to tell us or no? You're going to absolutely, gonna wait. absolutely. If it, if it did get in, it's for if it did get in. I, I don't know. I have I have to shoot that now. Remember, I'm in Florida here, so I you know legally can't do anything. All right, uh, so here we go. Let's do fantasy reality here to end our program today. We're going to start off with fantasy reality on a little Rob Gronkowski. He's got a 95 overall rating in Madden. I'm sure that you've heard about this one. Uh, who makes these these ratings? I'm not particularly sure. But Gronkowski, as far as I was, I saw, he was ahead of some really good tight ends, including Darren Waller and some other tight ends in the NFL, which is crazy. But uh, Gronk hasn't played in a couple of years. Here's the fantasy reality question, Joe. He'll be a tight end one in fantasy this year. I'm supposing we're using this as a 12-team league, so we'll use 12 teams. Tight end one for Gronk, fantasy or reality? 95 rating in Madden seems a bit high for Rob Gronkowski at the stage of his career. What's the injury level? Like that's the number I want to see on Gronk. And this was this kind of like ate up Twitter yesterday. Especially there's a you know like Madden's a big deal, and whenever the release of the game happens, a lot of people have a lot of uh, let's say complaints about certain things. And uh, I can understand this one. This doesn't feel right. Uh, look, I love Gronk. I'm a Pats guy. I would love nothing more to see Gronk go out there and smash and be awesome. But it's a little, a little worrisome. I think in a standard league, because he's going to score some touchdowns, I think he just creeps into tight end one in standard league. So I'm going to say in standard format, that's a reality. But in PPR, of any kind, even half PPR, I'm going to say it's a fantasy that he's still a tight end one until it proves differently because a whole year away from the game – slower step. I mean, I saw the end of Gronk two years ago and I was pretty convinced it was the end and he hung on. They won the Super Bowl. But I'm going to say it's a fantasy except for standard leagues. Craig, what do you think? Fantasy reality? Gronk is still a tight end one. Yeah, I'll just go fantasy across the board here. I I really don't have a lot of confidence that he's going to be anything more than a touchdown guy. And to me, in order for this to happen, he's got to catch at least six or seven touchdowns this season. And I would bet under that as well. There's actually a prop on FanDuel for that. So I'll, I'll go under there. Um, It'll be borderline because, again, touchdowns are worth six points in every fantasy league. That's going to bump him up quite a bit. He could have one catch six, uh, you know, for a touchdown. We've seen that in the past with some tight ends. But I'll, I'll go fantasy here. I don't, I don't see that happening. All right, uh, fantasy reality question number two. What a phenomenon yesterday as the NBA opened back up their scrimmages and Bowl Bowl of the Denver Nuggets had 16 points, 10 rebounds, Six block shots, and Bull Bull's hitting threes, too. I mean, this guy's come out of nowhere. He really hasn't played a lot for the Nuggets and, and really hasn't been much since he's been in the NBA, but maybe the tide is turning since last year. I'm not sure. So we have to ask the question, since he's such a big sensation in the NBA in the last 24 hours, we overreact to everything, why not this? <laughs> Will Bull Bull have a better NBA career than his father, Manute Bull? Joe, I would ask you, will Bull Bull have a better career 
than his dad. And I guess that supposedly you'd have to tell me if you thought his dad had a good NBA career. Well, I mean, look at the dad numbers right now. And they were, uh, let's see, uh, two and change uh, points per game, three and change blocks per game. That's a pretty low bar. And I actually, actually, you know, we talked about, you know, funny people that we've met over the years in, in the world of athletics. I actually got to meet Manute Bowl, and it was crazy to see him in person. The seven foot seven of Manute Bowl is, a, it, it's just a mind blowing thing to look at this human being and say, wow. I mean, it's, and, and look, you know, you've been around Shaq and like, you know, these huge guys. I, I've seen the big show who's uh, seven foot two, but he's just a big man. Manute Bowl is almost like if he turned sideways, you might not see him. It's a totally different body type. And looking at the stats his dad put up and looking at the game stats you're giving me for bowl ball, I mean, that sounds like a whole season of Manute. So why not? Like, why couldn't he do it? I'm going to say, I'm going to say reality is going to have a better career because I think the bar is pretty low. What do you think, Craig? Yeah, I'll say fantasy here. I, I can't Aww. say that. Uh, Come on. Yeah, his, his, dad, his dad uh, led the league in blocks two different times. Um, you know, bowl bowl has not shown a lot in the last year. And I don't know if, if this exhibition game was an anomaly or if he really found it, uh, he's going to get an opportunity here in the final eight games and maybe even into the, uh, into the playoffs to see what he can do. And, and you're right. He didn't have a great scoring career, but when Manute was in games, he was a good defender and, and he blocked a lot of shots and, and he actually developed a three point shot as well. He played on the Miami heat for a year. Uh, so I will say, no, I, I, I don't think so. And by the way, Manute bowl played in the NBA for all his deficiencies for a decade. And I'm not sure that bowl bowl will, but it's worth a discussion, which we're having here on the show. All right. Fantasy or reality. Our third and final question of the day on fantasy sports today Extraction, starting Chris Hemsworth, has become Netflix's biggest film release ever, and one that I have not seen. So here is the question that we have in the midst of the pandemic and in the midst of everybody watching things on demand on TV. Joe, fantasy or reality, we will go back to seeing movies in theaters again. Is that fantasy or reality a surprising question coming from yourself was in entertainment in the past, fantasy or reality. In the, and actually, currently, too, if you consider this entertainment. So. <laughs> oh, I consider this entertainment. And anyone watching it absolutely considers it entertainment. I don't think anyone watching yesterday. <laughs> come on. I mean, how how entertaining were we just, just today? I mean, come on. Lots of laughs, lots of information, lots of good stuff. Of course, we're entertainment. We're sports entertainment, the best kind of entertainment. Uh, I'm going to say that uh, we will be going back to the movies again. Uh, I just think there's something magical about that. Going to the opening night of a big movie. However, I do think you're going to see a lot more films not get massive releases. So you're going to see these big movies get big releases and take up theaters and two or three theaters uh, within a movie theater. But I don't think you're going to see it in the same level. Uh, Extraction is outstanding, by the way. It's done by the Russo brothers. Uh, it's the same uh, brother team, uh, writer and director team that actually did the Infinity War and Endgame portions of uh, Avengers, the last two Avengers films, which are outstanding films as well. Gotta see Extraction. Also, if you like some fun, go check out The Old Guard with Charlize Theron on Netflix. That just came out in the last few weeks, too. Yeah, if you like, Yeah, if you like Highlander with a little slice of kind of intrigue and some really good fighting as well, it's a really good flick there. So Extraction put on the top of the list. It's outstanding. And I would also put uh, The Old Guard on there for a fun popcorn action movie. Really good time there. So I know, Craig, you're going to get busy with baseball, but if you're looking for a movie or two, there you go. How about you? Fantasy Reality will be going back to the movies again. I think it's a reality, an absolute reality. Uh, it may not be in a month or two or three or four, 
or five. <laughs> I don't know. But I do think that we will absolutely be back in the movie theaters again. It's a favorite pastime for a lot of parents taking their kids. And unfortunately, it's just not something that we can do right now. But I certainly believe that uh, we absolutely will and we will in the future. Uh, one other quick note before we break, we will come back with our Sports Grid 60 to end the show. And of course, we'll be back here on tomorrow's show. But it was just announced, Joe, that there will be an exhibition match in September between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Is this accurate? These two guys getting in. Look, it's at least accurate I mean, for now. I mean, they announced it. It's it's official on ESPN announced it. And a few other uh, outlets have picked this up as an official announcement. So I know we're going to dig into this because I know we've talked a lot of boxing, which would surprise a lot of people on this show. But, yeah, we've had a lot of boxing chatter here in the last few months. And I think we're going to dive a little deeper. Something tells me we're going to be getting back into this in this very same segment tomorrow in fantasy and reality. But, uh, look, man, uh, it might be one of those take-my-money scenarios. So we were desperate for things to watch. What do you think about this? What's your initial reaction? It was, it was a great idea for July, but <laughs> I, I got my I got my football in September. I got baseball. I got basketball. I don't know. It, it doesn't seem all that enticing to me. All right, uh, coming up next, it's time for our Sports Grid sixty. So make sure you stay tuned to that as we continue here on Sports Grid right up until two o'clock Eastern. And then at 2, we will say so long and be right back here tomorrow at noon as we cap off the week in sports and the night from Thursday in baseball. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Ready to wrap up today's show. We got opening day tonight. I hope you guys enjoy it for sure. Yankees and Washington Nationals, Giants and Los Angeles Dodgers. But before we get out of here, we're going to end with a little bit of the ticking clock and the Sports Grid 60. And for that, I turn it over to my co-host, Joe Pizapia. Okay, everybody. It's opening day. Well, really, it's opening night. And uh, there's a lot of traditions. And I want to encourage everyone next year, when opening day rolls around, make it a tradition. I remember my mom used to always take me out of school at a half day so I could see opening day and not miss a single pitch or a single moment. Do those things with your kids. They're going to remember that more than they're going to remember how to multiply fractions. Believe me, make those moments and make them around opening day. Yeah, I would really prefer a holiday uh, on opening day, and hopefully next year that is indeed the case. All right, let me uh, let me end this here with my Sports Grid 60. All right, look, I've been hosting fantasy shows on baseball and even football for the last 10, 20 years, maybe even longer than that. If you're out there and you play fantasy or you're some sort of fantasy analyst, the entire year is luck. Do not plant your flag and say, you knew it, I knew it, I told you. It's impossible. This year is a complete guess. So listen, if you're out there, enjoy the season and enjoy it for what it is. What it is, is luck. Anything else is a joke. Have fun, enjoy the season, and make sure at the end of it you are thankful for the fact that we even got baseball back on the field. But don't try and pretend like you really knew something this season. We can't even get guys healthy for 2020, let alone get a fantasy season started. 
And that will do it for today's edition of Fantasy Sports Today here on Sports Grid. Thanks again to Matt Sells and Bernie Pleskoff for coming on the show. Thanks to Brett for helping out today, as always. Thanks to Chris. And then, of course, our man behind the scenes at Sports Grid. Nothing gets done without the former New York Yankee, Joe Ranieri. For my co-host, Joe Pizzapia, I am Craig Mish, wishing you a great day. We will speak to you tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. Until then, stay on the grid. See ya. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.